Hello and welcome to podcast number three, The Budget for Bounce Back Ability. Rory, how are you doing? Very good, thanks Fred. Very good. How are you? Yeah, all good. Springs in the air in Shepherd's Bush. All good. Very lovely. Well, before we get going on your predictions as Chancellor, tell us who has been your favourite corporate appointment of the week? That is a very good and very niche question, Fred. Um, not oh, one I was you. expecting, but um, I mean, it had to be um, from the footwear retailer of choice for yourself, Fred Mayen. Um, Shoezone, the um, AIM listed company, um, announced uh, only earlier this week that um, Terry Boot um, was replacing their um, finance director, Peter Foote who uh, very sadly walked away from the role. I like that a lot. I also enjoy you pretending that you weren't expecting that question. <laughs> it is a, it's a great, it's a great uh, piece of news to, to come on, on our Bloomberg system yesterday yeah. morning. Well, it, it, uh, it goes alongside my favourite IR director, uh, Mr. John Smelt, uh, IR no, director of Rio Tinto, yeah. uh, the miner. Um, uh, any others? Um, any others? Um, let's have a look. Um, Bob Diamond, he used to be CEO of um, Barclays. I think that's quite a good yeah. one. Turned out to be not such a diamond. Yeah. Peter, or, um, P- Peter Crook. Peter Crook. <laughs> yeah, who was Peter Crook again? Um, he was he was chief exec of Provi, a Provident Financial, the, um, oh, the yes. doorstep lender that that all, almost went all wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good name. Um, and who else is there? Um, Rich Ritchie, he is a um, a big banker. He's now CEO of, um, of Pamia Gordon, one of the uh, old uh, London yeah. stockbrokers. That's a good one. Richie Rich. Okay, yeah. Well, um, that's, I'm sure that's there's a lot home- more out there. I'm sure there's yeah, a lot more out there. Bit of homework there. for next week there. Bit of homework for next week, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, your homework from last week uh, was your predictions for the budget as Chancellor. Yes. Um, I reckon less than half marks here. Your okay. three, so your three predictions. Um, you reckon that uh, they might go as far as to abolish stamp duty in the housing market. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't know. I didn't get that right, unfortunately. I'd say that um, stamp duty got put on furlough. It, it extended into June and then tapering down until September. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think gung ho there. Um, the NHS, you're hoping for more money for the NHS, pay increases? Well, yeah, no, that wasn't a very successful um, guess by me, but also it wasn't very successful from the government who did an about turn on the evening of the budget and announced a 1% pay rise for nurses, which didn't go down that well. So um, I think there's lose-lose for me and the government there on that, really. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, to quote you, you said gimmicky tax breaks like eat out to help out to get us back on the high street. Yeah, no, we didn't really see that actually. Unfortunately, I was really hoping for a um, eat out to help out scheme or ten pound discount voucher to go and spend in my local H and M. But um, what we did get was a um, extended VAT cut for hospitality, um, a kind of freeze on business rates, and a continuation of furloughs. So, all you know, very helpful for the hospitality industry. But I don't think it's going to drive forth um, consumer spending like we saw in summer of uh, last year with eat out to help out yeah you can't um you can't eat an extended vat cut can you 
No, you can't eat one of those. <laughs> um, but it was a very interesting budget, Fred. Um, I think um, it was Rishi's first proper budget. Um, were there you know, were there any surprises? Did you see any surprises? Yeah, so I, I think the closest thing we got to, uh, in your words, a gimmicky tax break is uh, this CapEx incentive. Um, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but it, it basically says that if you're uh, a UK business and, and you spend more money on your plants on, on, on general investment and R&D, then you can offset the amount of tax you pay. So it's, it's basically trying to incentivize businesses to, to go out and post-COVID actually spend some money so to, to reinvest and, and try and generate a bit of growth. So who knows? That 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 could end up being being, being great. Uh, one 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 phenomenon which which it's very tricky to get past is is in fact spending more money doesn't make you more doesn't make you more efficient. Actually, some of the most efficient businesses out there uh, are also some some of the fastest growing businesses. But not, not, mm. nonetheless, I, I I still think yes. it's the um the the thoughts there. We'll see whether it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But let's talk a bit bit about the budget that's more that affects us more, you know, the, the kind of a retail client. Um, and on the face of it, um, you know, the Chancellor froze the personal tax thresholds, which, you know, which looks great. But actually, what it really is, 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 is a wolf in, in sheep's clothing, because fundamentally, most people will pay more tax as earnings um, grow, grow. And hopefully they, they do for everyone. As earnings grow, they'll creep up into higher tax thresholds. And so you'll you'll start seeing basic ta- rate taxpayers start paying start paying higher rate tax and higher rate taxpayers start paying additional tax. So actually, what it really is is a um, is a is a kind of a secret hidden kind of tax grab. But on the other side of the coin, you know, for prospective house buyers, just freeze on stamp duty is, is being extended until June is great. Um, and um, you know, we'd, we'd like to see more of that because. As as you and I were discussing the other day, stamp duty doesn't actually bring in that much um, money into the um, treasury, and um, it's nice to see the government also supporting the um, first-time buyers by um, making it easier to access um, 95% mortgages, um, which the government will guarantee. So you know, that, you know, there's a there's a bit of good news in there for for for, for, for personal for personal and then private clients. Good stuff. Uh, um, while we're on private private clients, time for a, a shameless plug for Church House. Um, what are you not going to forget to do before the 5th of April? 5th of April is obviously the end of a tax year and it's the end of your tax allowances. So it's very important that you make sure you um, top up your ISA because come the 6th of April, you can't access uh, this tax year's ISA. It disappears, unlike um, your capital gains tax allowance, which you can carry over. Yeah, for one year yeah okay i'm gonna stop you there uh, that's uh, of that, let's think. get on to bounce back ability tell us who coined the phrase and why we like it why, why we've been going on about it bounce back ability has, has has been the phrase that you and i have been talking about for the last couple of weeks to um you know investors um it was a phrase coined by seminal football manager ian dowie in the early 2000s who was the manager of crystal palace um football team he took them on when they were in the dire depths of relegation and coined the phrase that he will bring bounce back ability to um, Crystal Palace. Uh, and uh, to be fair to him, he did. The team bounced back, uh, got into the playoffs and won at Wembley and were promoted to the Premier League. So um, that's something we very much believe will be a um, similar 
to the UK economy and to the UK stock markets and FTSE 100 and FTSE 250 in particular. And we'll believe it after a few years of um, Brexit doubts. A few and years in the championship. A few years in the championship. A few years, actually. A few years of Brexit doubts. Probably below that, I would have thought. <laughs> well, yeah. If, you, if we're going to call the S&P 500 the, the Premier League, um, you, we've probably still got to kind of overtake the European leagues, really. So we are we're probably kind of League One. Uh, but, um, you know, it's something that you and I have been saying that the, 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 the UK market is ready to, to bounce back and um, for lots of reasons. And, um, you know, one of them is that the UK consumer household has got over £150 billion, you know, ready to spend £150 billion more than they had this time last year, ready to spend. And um, I sure know that you and I will be looking forward to uh, getting out there and meeting clients and going out to the pub and going out to restaurants and so on and, and, and spending some of that money which is sitting in our current accounts. Absolutely. That, that was an interesting point on, on a call we had yesterday uh, with a Berenberg economist saying that that all this extra money that has been saved, the overwhelming majority of that is still sat in people's current accounts rather than having gone into a savings account, <laughs> rather than having gone into their ISA. But that, that basically means that, that people are, are looking to spend that, that, that they're not looking to tuck that away. That's That's money that Touchwood will be going back into the, the in, into the high street and and the shops and the restaurants. Yeah, exactly. Which 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 we you know our 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 theme is that that will make the UK bounce back in terms of um, spend in the travel, leisure, you know, hospitality and retail sectors. Um, so yes. Okay. Well, 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 we're on it. Uh, we we had a very interesting call last week with uh, the finance director of JD Sports. Uh, he, he gave a good insight into not just the UK consumer, but also interestingly the US consumer. Mm, what were yes. your um, sort of what, what, what were your sound bites from that? Yeah, we we had a really good call with the um, CFO of JD Sports, and it's a business we like. Um, I think domestically in the UK, it's probably one of the best retailers, definitely one of the best bricks and mortar retailers. Um, it's got a great store design, store concept, and in comparison to its peers and its rivals, it's it's got a store which is um, normally very busy and normally very full. Were people, um, were, were people fighting to, to get into into JD Sports uh, at uh, the end of lockdown one? Well, let's what, see what happens in boxing. Nighttime? Well, let's see what happens in Boxing Day 2021 because I'm sure that um, there'll be some uh, interesting uh, footage on the high street of which we didn't see this time uh, this year. Um, but what's interesting about JD Sports is not only are they, you know, domestically on the high street in the UK, but we also have stores in the US and in Europe and a great online presence. And what we were really interested by was their recent purchase of Shoe Palace in the US, which is a, 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 a chain of, um, of uh, apparel for sportswear and footwear. And what we were discussing was why don't JD Sports just open up their own stores and have create their own store footprint in the US? Why do they have to buy um, businesses? And he was saying that actually the um, market out there, especially sportswear market, is really controlled by Nike. So if they wanted to go and open up their own brand, and their own chains, they'd have to get the, 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 the blessing of Nike. Otherwise, Nike wouldn't provide them with um, any uh, of their footwear and their clothing and you know Fred, what would be the point of opening up a sports shop if you can't sell any nike yeah well if if you can't sell any nike you're um you're limited to uh, a couple of niche sports you could you could you could get a contract with gunner moore and open a cricket store perhaps 
Yeah, well, that's exactly what um, Sports Direct ended up doing, didn't they? By buying Dunlop and Slazenger and Wilson. And um, I'm afraid that uh, uh, really? all great, uh, small, great British brands, but in terms of global power and global pricing and brand and customer loyalty, they don't really have the same um, dynamic as Nike does. Yeah, absolutely. OK, well, um, I reckon that we've, we've about had our time for this week. Thanks very much, Rory. I reckon next week let's talk about inflation and let's talk about a couple of exciting ipos delivery uh, d- delivery deliveroo ipo just around the corner yeah that's something that came on our desk this morning um and it's something we'll be taking a look at and inflation something which um everyone's been seeing in the news and reading in the news but maybe we can just add a bit more color to inflation and, and what it means to people in the uk and what it means to the stock markets yeah, well, I, I reckon it might be an excuse to get our first guest on the pod. Oh, well, that'd be very exciting. That would well, be very there's exciting. A, there's a surprise. And um, if our listeners do have any questions for us uh, that you'd like us to to attempt, please do email in. Uh, email podcast at church-house.co.uk. Will you Great. be emailing in, Rory? Um, yeah, I'll send be emailing in. I'll definitely get someone to email in. I'll get my... Uh, my mother to send an email, so at least you've got one question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great, Fred. Thanks so much. Cool. See you next time.